Great chiropractors and physical therapists are under constant pressure of declining insurance reimbursements and long hours. But did you know there's a way to double your profit without working more? By building a gym onto your practice, you can earn more income, stabilize your business, and be a hero to your family, patients, and team. It's a big undertaking with a huge reward. Dr. Josh Satterley has done it, changed his life, and now wants to help you do the same. Welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I am your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and it is my pleasure today to be joined by Shante Cofield. Shante, how are you? Living the dream in sunny SoCal, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me on to this. Yes. Now, Shante is like a superhero. She also has a uh, an alias uh, that she tries to save the world of movement medicine through called, uh, people also know you as the movement maestro on Instagram, right? They probably know me more through as the movement maestro than as my actual name. Well, if they're cool, they know you. Exactly. But if they're just a normal civilian, they probably just know your actions more than your actual name. So. It's true. Yeah. So Shantae, for, uh, for folks that are like, Hey man, I see those, uh, you'll know Shantae's posts on Instagram, the, the movement maestro ones. Cause they have that cool logo backdrop thing. Uh, you got to teach me, I'm a total Instagram rookie, how to do that sometime. But, uh, can you give some people your background and, uh, kind of give them an idea of where you're coming from, uh, clinically and now what you're doing? Sure thing. So my background, I am by trade, a physical therapist, went to undergrad Georgetown, uh, played soccer there. Uh, sports have been my life forever. Tore my ACL. The, tr- the typical story. Tore my ACL when I was 15, kind of got exposed to it. I always wanted to be, actually wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon, went through college, was pre-med, finished everything and decided, I don't know if that's for me. And then my advisor was like, how about physical therapy? I had had some experience with it because I went after tearing my ACL. And I was like, uh, okay. It was kind of like a, why not kind of thing. I wasn't super passionate about it. It's like, oh, okay, why not? Uh, went to NYU. I started PT school two weeks after I graduated undergrad, went to PT school at NYU, uh, graduated and became a PT and hated every minute of it. Let, uh, hold on real quick. Did you do the classic PT move, which is I want to work in sports. And then I mean, you go to PT school, you come out and they're like, welcome to outpatient orthopedics. The average age in this room is 71 years old. That was the good thing is that I go, went in knowing I didn't want to work specifically with athletes because okay. I knew how much of a pain in the ass they were. Yeah. Um, but I did want to be in the orthopedic realm. And so you kind of get your eyes open during that um, time when you do your fills and you start to see like, oh, it's like average Joe, which was fine because you see the flip side of like, oh, these athletes are you don't have as much freedom to do what you want. Um, but I, I went and I hated it. I almost quit PT, honestly. If I didn't have so many student loans, I would have quit. <laughs> and I probably would have made more money doing something else to pay off those loans. But for me, it was like, I'm I have say, so much debt. It's not exactly that PT pays a ton to repay. Exactly. Loans. It's like, it's such a bad model. But for me, I was like, oh, I accrued all this debt doing this thing. I better figure it out and, and start, really give it a shot. So, um you know, fast forward a few more years after that, I was in New York the whole time. Um, I discovered social media. I discovered Perry Nicholson, Stop Chasing Pain. Um, I took a rock tape course with him for him, not even because of rock tape. And it changed everything for me. It changed the way I wanted to practice, changed my view on movement, on the body, really. Um, I emailed him and was like, how do I become an instructor for this? I love it. Uh, about a year later, I was teaching for rock tape. And that has been the biggest change in my life. Wow. Congratulations, man. I, I, um, connect a lot with your story because I started teaching for the SFMA with functional movement systems. And that is 
the most exciting part of every, every year, you know, is, yeah. is teaching with them. So, so what was the, when you sent Perry, I know Perry and the, when you sent him a thing saying, Hey, I want to teach. Did he say, listen, you have to give up wearing shoes for uh, a whole year. Uh, <laughs> you have to crawl head. around. Yeah. Put a disc on your head. You have to crawl around like a, uh, a leopard uh, while you're going to the bathroom and from the bathroom to your kitchen. And then, oh yeah, by the way, contact these people and apply. Basically I had formed a relationship. I mean, that's, I will always sing the praises of social media uh, because yeah, like it can suck if you're just putting up crap or you're just reading crap, but you can also connect with people. And I connected with him before then I brought him in to my box to host his course. Maybe it was before or after either around then. So, you know, we had had that friendship. Um, and literally the email was very brief. I wrote to him. I was like, I want to do this. How do I become an instructor? And he was just like, I'll put you in touch with the right people. And that was it. And I was like, but cause I already had like exposure of his, uh, you know, his approach to treatment because I had taken this course and things like that. Did you write it in like hieroglyphics or some sort of primal language? And he's it like, was. Oh, she gets it. I rolled. I actually rolled, did a rolling video in <laughs> the email and he was like, done. I That's like right. <laughs> That's all you need to do to get Perry. Uh, how is Perry doing these days, by the way? I haven't he heard from course, him. Of course, quad that guy. And he's yeah. going to rehab now. Oh, that sounds going to rehab now. He's in physical, he's in therapy now. We're still therapy. Um, but he's, I would love to be a fly on the wall for that first initial eval. Like when they, you know, they're doing like going in. I wonder going if he said anything, measurement. if he was like, oh, actually, but one of the things he said, actually he did a post and one of them was like, I think the person that, was either giving him rehab or someone in that facility. He had, they had taken an FMS course from him. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, cool. That's Small good. World there. Yeah. Well, um, a little bit of intimidation there, I'm sure for them. Right. So, uh, so, you know, we're huge advocates of the clinic and gym model. And I know uh, through your teaching with rock tape, you're starting to see that in the continuing education space or whatever, just the education yeah. space. Does, hopefully all education is a continuation, but in that model, you're starting to see a lot of, um, you guys basically teach a hybrid group of people, right? You'll take yes. PCs, Kairos, yes, we MDs, teach anyone. Yeah, okay. You don't, and I love that. It it was a point of contention, um, and I think that they can be laid out in terms of not expectations, but in terms of what you leave with. That could be probably clarified a little bit uh, better. But we open our doors to anyone. I actually had a a patient of mine who was stopped being, you know, she had graduated, um, come and take one of my courses. And I tell people it, it's, it's open to anyone. You do not leave, you leave with a certification, but that does not mean you're licensed to do anything. I think that that mm-hmm. could be clearer. Um, I think that we see people kind of stepping outside of their lane after that because they get this cert- certification and they're like, oh, now I can use blades. And like, no, all that we've done is giving you this education. Your license mm-hmm. determines what you can do. Um, but I love that interdisciplinary model because we, one, we all have something to learn from each other. And two, from the mindset of a clinician, there is, in my opinion, I see people approaching this with, from a position of scarcity and they don't want the doors open to, to, to uh, like trainers because they're like, oh, you know, they can't do this. Or actually what you're saying is you're worried they're going to take your clients. And you see that on the underlying baseline of, of scarcity, when in, the, the, in reality, we have to understand that trainers are first line medical or first line health providers. Trainers, CrossFit level one, CrossFit coaches, they see far more people than a medical doctor does in the course of a day. 
And those people are coming to them and saying, ah, my back kind of hurt today. My shoulders been kind of hurting. Those people are not going to their doctor first and foremost, even if maybe they say that they should, they're not. So we need to equip. Certainly, they're certainly not seeing their doctor under stress or under load. I mean, if you're a CrossFit yes. coach and you want to monitor, forget movement, forget that. Just to say that you, uh, you want to know cardiac output, mm-hmm. like, you know, put a 135 pound barbell in somebody's hand and ask Just them to. Fast. Yeah. And, Real uh, fast. and under load at exhaustion. And then mm-hmm. that person says, you know, I have some symptoms. And the downside is they go to the cardiologist's office and they're sitting there in the waiting yeah. room at rest their, you know, their, their, uh, their heart rates as low as it's mm-hmm. ever going to be for the day. And it's like, <laughs> and now what is that cardiologist supposed to do, man? It's like, how do I figure exactly. that out? So, and, exactly. and plus you go to a cardiologist, like when you need them, CrossFit coach, you're going three, four times a week, every week for 50 mm-hmm. weeks, you know? Exactly. And you get so much more information, so much more exposure to these people. And as such, we need to be making sure and doing our best to equip everyone. Like let's, I'm not saying that, Oh, we're going to make you equivalent to a Cairo or a PT by coming to this course, but let's open your eyes to some of these things, to some of these screens, to something so that you have this baseline level of understanding. And then, you know, to refer out and suddenly we have this nicely integrated model. Yeah. For everybody that that has that scarcity mindset, like if you, if if you're listening and you're going, man, I hate all these trainers they are stealing blah, blah, blah. Pause for a second. Realize there's probably some medical doctor saying that about you. So (laughs) deal with it. That probably means you're good. Uh, But the other thing is, you know, you just said like, uh, don't step out of your lanes. One of the most successful seminars I ever put on for some trainers was identifying red flags because, Mm -hmm. you know, that's one of red flags typically don't, you don't know what you're looking at. And we know they're red flags because of our education, yes, not because of our ability to change them or whatnot. Yes. So, you know, put on a seminar for all your local trainers and gym owners and everything and say, Hey, these are some red flags I want you guys to be careful of. And if you see these, I'm telling you, I would refer this person, you yes. know, and here's how to know. For example, I was part of a education thing for football coaches when we were worried about, uh, it was in a school district where they had a kid that died of a, uh, what's the really bad one? Oh man, where, where it's a genetic thing. And the, the first sign of the disease is death. I can't remember myocardial. Oh. Uh, go ahead. That's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, it's insufficiency. But anyways, the, the only sign you can identify with these kids is when you have a great performer, like, like say you're in college, Shante, and you're playing soccer at the highest level and you're always leading your team and all of a sudden one practice, you're mid-pack or bottom of the pack. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I got a motivated guy that, or a motivated athlete that we know can perform. There's no, and all of a sudden they're not in there. Most coaches would react by saying, come on, you know, push mm-hmm. harder. Go field, like quit being a lazy ass. And what they have to realize and what we were trying to educate them on is, that's a red flag. Like yeah. that, that situation doesn't exist, but there's no way that coach is going to realize it because they don't see the don't end, end of that process, you know, yeah. unfortunately. So uh, it was kind of tough to get over that, but I see that in medicine all the time too. Um, and, you know, for all the clinicians listening, if you refer to somebody, man, form a relationship with them. If you send to a surgeon, freaking ask them, Hey, can we have lunch? Can I go into surgery with you one day to understand mm-hmm. what this is like? And that will make you a better clinician. That's it. So that's it. Totally Got off track there, but... Uh, 100% still on track, sharing in, in abundance. I mean, it's always, at the end of the day, you can bring it back to the same thing. And I, I love that. It's like, I would never be one that's like, you must stay in your lane. And I think the biggest thing is identifying that lane and then helping other people realize like, hey, this is what my lane is. And my, this is what I'm best at. And this is what I see. And opening their eyes to that. that that's a great quote that you just said. What is it? We know red flags because of our education. 
not because of our ability to treat them. That's huge. That might be a DM, my friend. Thank you for that. Mm, I'd be honored, you know. Uh, so, so with your experience, uh, you know, I'm encouraging a lot of people to, um, you know, as they open their gym, tra- hire trainers and teach them everything you can because they're motivated, they're excited, they, and they're trying to expand their skill set. So why not harness that kind of lightning in a bottle? But uh, what's your experience with some of these great trainers that are taking rock tape courses and whatnot? My experience, and we've spoken about this a little bit before we started recording, is that, you know, you, you had a great visual with your hands and you said kind of showing the top down and the bottom up. Hey, hold on. Listeners, it was like this. Exactly. All right, that was that, a visual. Yeah. <laughs> that was perfect. Perfect reenactment there. Great visual, the top down, bottom up, where, you know, you have the one hand, the people from the top down, maybe the clinicians, and they need to be learning more about this strength and conditioning world, this um, exercise world. And then from the bottom up, we have, and maybe we should say left, right, and right, left, so that people don't get offended. But either way, coming from the other side, we have trainers that are kind of going more into what is this more traditionally clinical side of things. And what I've seen is that the trainers learning the more clinical side of things, that's actually growing faster. And I don't know if it's because the trainers have more time or because they have to try and take more courses and learn more to set themselves apart from other people. You know, I don't know. Maybe they don't have that weight vest, that weight vest full of uh, student loan debt. So exactly. <laughs> well, look at that. Who would think? I, and exactly. They don't have this, that burden. Yeah. And they're taking more courses and they're learning more stuff, whether it's from online or whatever, they're getting this education and bridging that gap. And as such, from the other side of things as clinicians, it would behoove everyone who has a model like that to, to have that, that more integrated model because you have people that are hugely capable, hugely capable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, their skill set currently, I think is somewhere around 60, 80% of a good clinician and, and when I say clinician, you know, that's another thing. There shouldn't really be a, um, there should not be an identifiable gap between chiropractic, yes. PT, yes. Uh, you know, like those should be synonymous exactly. right now. So if you can, if you notice a gap, oh, I don't, I don't, you know, mobilize people, start mobilizing mm-hmm. for all my chiro friends to go, oh, they're going to take our job. No, they're only going to take your job if you suck. Like, that's that's the only way it works. That's it. <laughs> we should blend. And then the, the well-trained, you know, strength coach or personal trainer can, freaking do 60 to 80% of what we can do. And, and then, you know what, you know, when that happens, you, you as a clinician should be working on the really difficult stuff. The thing exactly. with multiple, you know, instabilities and comorbidities and, and all the things that really stretch your brain power and let them deal with that bottom 30 to 50% of your client population that maybe doesn't really require a lot of brain power. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. It opens you up to time to do other things, whether it's when you want to grow your practice, whether it's so that you want to start doing things more so that are remote or online or whatever it is, you then have more time and you're still helping out a ton of people. Yeah. All right. Well, it's official, Shantae. I'm in love with you. This right, is there awesome. There we go. Yep. <laughs> the wedding's next week. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so you, you teach for rock tape and you're, you're traveling the nation there. Um, any besides rock tape itself, any trends you're seeing there, by the way, in the world of like this blended fitness clinical model, anything that's exciting to you? Uh, from a treatment model, I mean, you know, like things that are being done one, I'm going to go, I was one, I really want to back it up for a second and go restate what we just said. Back it up, sister. Back Here it we go. up. We're backing yep. it up. And I'm speaking to my physical therapist, especially out there, because that's my lane, my, my wheelhouse. 
you know, get your act together and stop worrying about, oh, these trainers are going to take my job and, oh, they shouldn't be let in. Get your act together. Josh has been saying it, but I'm going to reiterate that. Start learning more. The fact that we don't get that much or as much as I, as much as I would like education during schooling about really returning to full function. Okay. We can be upset about that. And, but but go and learn now because you can't go back to school and fix that right now. So go out there and continue to learn. People need to be able to do more than just what, you know, if you take insurance, bless you, they need to be able to do more than just what insurance will pay for. They need to bridge that gap. You need to make sure that they are fully functional and also we can show them their potential. So get on that. Do that, please. Like, do that. Easy. Easy. Like, do that. This, this model that you're, that you're promoting with, with this podcast is what it needs to be. Like, we are so stuck in that sickness model. I'm reading a book and kind of going down the functional medicine rabbit hole right now, which is very interesting to me that we even need a name for it. And we're calling it functional medicine, when in reality, this is how we should be treating everyone. Functional medicine at its heart is simply, we are looking for the cause and not just treating symptoms, which is how every clinician, as it relates to, you know, physical therapy or chiropractic medicine should be treating. We should be looking for causes and not simply treating symptoms. In the traditional model, that's all that people are doing, though, is treating symptoms. And they're going to say, oh, well, that's all I have time for. Then figure out a different model so that you have time for more because you'll be able to make more money. You will. We stay with it. We kind of stay scared and within this insurance model. And then you're seeing people for 10 minutes and no one's really getting better. They're probably just getting better because they've been to you for six weeks and they've stopped doing whatever hurt them. We can do better. There's so much more out there. So much more, so much more opportunity. So please, clinicians out there, physical therapists out there, listen to this podcast more and more and more. Really digest what, what Josh is Preach, sister. There. Preach. Yep. Right? <laughs> Download it. Share it with your friends and help people out because you really can have a huge impact and, and do more than just treat symptoms. We really can. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love it because it, it stems from that idea of, you know, the, the, the continuation of the gym is just, is really just the continuation of very good care. But just like in the gym or just like in your clinic, man, people come in with like, you know, oh, my, my shoulders are tight. Like that doesn't mean we stretch shoulders. Like what, you know, what about giving them a farmer's carry or what about, you know, teaching them to, to do some bar rows with uh, great scapular mobility, like those things may be what they need. And by the way, the, the flood of uh, the endorphin rush they get from that exercise may be better than 10 minutes of e-stim on their, for their muscles, you know, like maybe that changes it. Maybe they have stress in their life. Like there's all these other aspects that can really affect it. So I, I mean, I think that one of the things I've always felt that, you know, exercise, aside from vanity purposes, which I go to the gym for that reason, aside from that, exercise and traditional disregimented exercises, we put it in place because we're not the best humans, right? We work all day and we have these jobs and it is what it is. It's, it's modern day problems. Yeah, it would be great to give paleo solutions, but we live in a time where we wear shoes and we work, walk on cement and we work for a million hours a day. So we need to have this kind of uh, structured environment in which we can try to be, become better humans again. And that's this model that you're proposing does that. Like, yes, it would be great if people could just be outside all day and be carrying stuff, but that's not the world we live in. Like, and let's, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Like we don't hold live on, in that world. Hold on. That, I don't know if you can hear that cracking sound in the back. That's Perry Nicholson's heart breaking right now. <laughs> 
as you're saying this, like, <laughs> we don't live in that world. Like it'd be great. It would be awesome, but we don't. And so as such, we need to offer these first world and or sorry to say first world, these modern day solutions to these modern day problems, which is the yeah. gym and, and putting this continuation and showing people. I think, to come here. Yeah, I think it, it, expanding that idea too, like more and more is harness the, the, the excitement and the passion of those trainers. You know, that's a great part of your business, but also, you know, when I say trends, one of the things that's really exciting me right now in the world of, of this is, is these wearable technologies. So this is take an mm-hmm. Apple watch, for example, mm-hmm. the information that we can get from that Apple watch as a sensor that's basically staying on the body back in the day. Like if you wanted heart rate, you had to strap an EKG 12 lead mm-hmm. unit and they were in a, running around with that. <laughs> yeah. And then they got them. Oh, well, well now we can get it onto a treadmill. It's like, okay, well that's one blip in time, but now I can have that. I can have 24 seven of data Mm-hmm. telling me how is this person and, and so let's just tar- talk cardiac health for example we have all these markers of like you know when things are really bad so so uh, electrolyte panels and and um ultrasounds but um, how about just you know physiologically a healthy heart reaches a peak amount of output and then descends quickly back to normal right and when you're out of shape the return to normal takes longer and longer and longer and i'd love to see you know if Apple could create an app that just tracks that and says, Hey, you're, you know, an 80, 84 percentile of the population based on these, just that one sensor. I mean, we're talking about something that's tiny and fits on your wrist. Yeah. And if you can take your patients and teach them in your gym and your clinic, let me show you some things that you can do at this. I don't know what you would call that commercial level that could wildly impress, improve your health, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say, to, to play devil's advocate, I think that the wearables are great as long as we, and I think we, you, people like you who understand pain science and things like that, um, I think they're great as long as we are also pushing with that people being connected to their current experience. Um, I think that one of the issues with wearables is that now people are like depending on the wearable to tell them how they feel instead of saying, this is how I feel. And this is what the number says. And this is what that means because they're right. It's a tremendous opportunity for information. I would love something. I've been looking into it. Um, something that, that can monitor constantly and they have them, but they're kind of working on the technology that can monitor blood sugar constantly where you can wear it instead of having to like Uh take these samples. I would like to learn more about that and say, Hey, I feel like this right now. What is this? And I feel generally great all the time, but to be like, all right, I feel like this. What is this data objective data showing? Okay. I feel like this now, what is this showing? Cause you can learn so much and control so much based on that and become your yeah. own experiment. Like, yeah. That's tremendous. That would be, that would be huge. You know, right? like, yeah. So, so huge. We see Brian McKenzie doing a bunch of with that and really talking about, um, Breathing is a really big thing for me, just in general, because I want to stay alive, mm-hmm. but also learning about breathing, things like that. And he's really, he's really one that, a proponent for that of using these wearables, but using them to collect data based on, and then in relation to how you feel, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you realizing- can't, You can't God. stare at your mood ring and hope it changes. Right? You, know, you have to be happy for exactly. it. Exactly. Like, it's black. Oh, I'm sad now. Like, <laughs> you know, to wear these things Stupid and be like- <laughs> To wear these things and be like, hey, I feel like this. What is my, what's my resting heart rate showing or what's my breathing showing? And then I can control this by changing my breathing and, and giving people these real, these tools to uh, really affect their, their physiology and their health in real time. Right? We have so much, you went dark on me. You need your lamp. Oh, no, I'm, it's, it's the light streaming in behind <laughs> exactly. me. Sorry. 
<laughs> so, you know, I, I do. I see that as definitely as a trend. Um, you know, you're saying certainly as a trend yeah. as wearables for sure. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist working long hours, worrying about lower repayments and missing out on quality time with your family? You can double your income without working more hours by adding a gym to your practice. Clinic Gym Hybrid Solutions has a step-by-step guide that dramatically simplifies and speeds up the addition of a fitness center and its monthly recurring revenue. In just six months, you can be on your way to freedom. Visit ClinicGymHybrid.com today for a free downloadable PDF and complimentary consultation to get you started. That's ClinicGymHybrid.com. With all these uh, courses that you teach with Rock Tape, uh, how many how many of the gyms that you go to? Because you typically teach at like CrossFit boxes and gyms, and it varies. But yeah, some of them are yeah. in. I like. I prefer teaching in the gyms. Yes, I can't lie. Nice. Well, how many uh, how many of those gyms are starting to integrate care within there? Is that so? Is every that trend rising. Pretty much every place that I get invited into, if it's a gym. Uh, a gym space. It's that integrated model. Um, if it's a pure CrossFit box, then not as much, but actually I shouldn't say that. If it's a pure CrossFit box, then all the time, because it's usually they have one person in there. They have a PT or they have a Cairo within that box mm-hmm. um, that's providing services. So it's not a big company, you know, two companies together, something like that. Um, but they have at least one person who's doing that. So everywhere that I go, I see that model, whether it's a small town or it's, you know, uh, in New York City. It's obviously, I think, big, easier. I don't want to say easier, but I think it's more common in the bigger cities. But uh, I, just, I just did a podcast with two women out of Cookville, uh, Tennessee, and they're doing that model. Right? They're, they're in mayhem. Oh, what is that? Sorry, it's going to be loud in my background. It's the garbage people are here. Um, and That's how podcasting works is right? you know, the landscapers come through with the leaf blowers, right? When you what schedule them. Only when you make salient points. So I'm sure you were on a good diatribe there that was going to result in something. It was in a small town. They're in Cookville, Tennessee. People probably haven't even heard of that unless you follow CrossFit and you know Cookville, Cookville simply because Mayhem is there. CrossFit Mayhem, big box, which Shrondings brought box. And they have that integrated model there. So whether it's a big town, big city, wow. small town, you see this integrated model happening because people realize that continuum yeah, well, I think what a lot of what the gym owners realized is, man, I'm I'm losing people because they're banged up, they're injured. It'd be great to get somebody in here, and for them to make that ask to get a Cairo or PT in there is a pretty big hurdle. Um, and for those of you who are PTs in Cairo, it's like, man, it's not a huge ask to get a, a great trainer to work with you. So do it, do it, do it, please. Like, what are you waiting for? Yes, do it. I don't know. I keep I just keep preaching the message, you know, and you're just like. When are the when are you guys gonna get baptized, man? When is this? I, gonna I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I found that one of the main things when I go and teach people, if, at this point in my career, teaching career, people ask me to come uh, and teach, and so this whole schedule, this whole year, my whole schedule, I set up myself. Rocky doesn't give me the courses; it's been me setting up because people have reached out to me and said, "Hey, can you come in and do a course?" I have found that every time that that happens, the person leading the course, they typically want to leave their job, but they want to do something else, right? They're trying to do something bigger. What I found additional to that is that you can give 10 people the exact recipe to take the next step and, and succeed and fly, and one person will take it. Oh, that's a good scary. success rate. I know, right? I'm like, yeah. Exactly. And it's, I get it. For you guys out there listening, I get it. It's scary to change. It's scary to do things that maybe other people aren't doing but you have this man right here, Josh, taking the time out of his day to, to host podcasts like this because he realizes the value and he's experienced the value 
firsthand in so many ways. And so I can't, I can't encourage you strongly enough to take at least something from it. Well, listen, yeah, I appreciate that. This podcast is about you, not me, but I'm just going to give you another 10 minutes to keep uh, singing my face. So I'll set a timer. Yeah. We're down to 945, but start talking. It's true. Do it. Take, take at least one thing and put it into yeah. play. Yeah. Cause a lot of times people think that like, I talked to a lot of clinicians and they're thinking, Oh, this is a different model, but it's not, um, it's nowhere near a new model in the world of gyms because mm-hmm. gyms made that realization to, to stay afloat. They can't keep pitching people off to clinicians that they never hear back from. So they're doing it and I'm just trying to encourage the the clinician side. But uh, so, so since you do have exposure, all these great, you know, CrossFit boxes and, and um, all these people doing great things in fitness, who are some of the great, you know, people you think people, uh, people should follow maybe or or learn from that maybe you got exposed to that didn't perfectly fit in that PT lane, but you go, man, that totally affected my clinical practice. I mean, Brian McKenzie is essentially like a yeah, strength coach and runner, exactly. right? Like, he is. He's a strength coach, you know, trainer, uh, rogue kind of guy that yeah. has just followed his passion and, and continues to learn and continues to learn and continues to learn. Um, another name that's kind of like that is Jill Miller. Uh, Jill Miller is yoga tune-up phenom and business entrepreneur and just, she has the, the yoga tune-up model, the role model, which is the, performing self myofascial work using these balls, right? And Mm -hmm. the the cool part for me is that she doesn't have this huge clinical background. She had a passion for this stuff, went and learned it, has learned about fascia, was actually just in this like Illuminati uh, uh, webinar that no one else was privy to except people that were within the Fascial Research Conference Congress. And she was listening to it. She posted kind of about it on her story. And you see that these people taking, bridging the gaps and mm-hmm. simply following their passion and not being like, oh, I have this huge clinical background and then now I have to do this thing. Like people just following their passion and integrating these, these models uh, in whatever way they, they see fit. Um, I think, you know, someone that you have to give credit to, even if you don't love the model right now is, is Kelly Starrett. Mm-hmm. Like PT, he's out of, or was out of CrossFit or San Francisco CrossFit, CrossFit San Francisco, um, you know, mobility wad, even if you don't agree with smashing your tissues and things like that, we have to give credit to him because this man single-handedly brought mobility and the importance of working on your movement, your mobility to the forefront as it relates to, to exercise within the CrossFit world. Like, oh, that's, yeah. Yep. It's huge. Dude, I, I, along those lines, I, I did Olympic weightlifting in college back in 1999, 2000, 2001. And um, when I got out of college, you couldn't find bumper plates anywhere. You could not find them, right? I mean, it was like this. Yeah. There was like one or, I don't can't remember. There's like 21 weightlifting clubs in the nation that were registered with USAW or something like in that. In the nation. In the nation. And uh, like, Savannah team Savannah was like the big one. That was where Shane Hammond and those guys that were at the time, the the best lifters in the world. And then CrossFit comes along and now you can find bumper, you're lousy with bumper plates. You can find them at garage sales now. Uh And you know, it's just like, so CrossFit has done so much. And by the way, if you like um, nice butts and legs on women, (laughs) CrossFit single-handedly brought that back to the United States. (laughs) Let's call it spade a spade. (laughs) And uh, you know, uh, and I think that they gave rise to the yoga, yoga pants as everyday yes, wear. As, <laughs> and they gave rise to Kelly who, and yeah. Kelly, gave, and I, I, if I were, if I manufactured foam rollers, 
I would uh, send that dude a, a mm-hmm. nice bottle of wine every every Christmas. Foam because and foam rollers. Yeah, he got them. I mean, the guy moved more sure. lacrosse balls than probably USA lacrosse. Did. Oh, yeah. I would yeah. say yes. I would say yeah. yes. And you but that whole revolution that is part of it. And a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't, I, they're hating on some of the things. But remember that dude, like when he early on, it was not normal to do any sort of okay. tissue work. Exactly. And so. Look Whatever at the bigger picture there. Yeah, it was awesome. What he did. You know? like, look at the concepts behind it. Look at what he was going after. Forget the principles, the actual, you know, the actual like didactic tech, the techniques rather. Look at the concepts. The techniques will always change, but the concept of like, hey, work on your movement. Hey, look at your, work, right. assess your quality of movement is what he was going after. And that was- And if it drives you up the wall, if you're going, oh, you shouldn't smash tissue in this thing. Cool. Uh, put together a seminar for your folks about that. There you exactly. go. Like why, why you shouldn't do it this time or why, if you've done it a bunch and it's not changing, what, what's next? Like I think, people. Josh, you, you hit the nail on the head there. And especially within PTs, again, I stay, I speak with people that I know. Make yourself relevant to your audience and your audience isn't other physical therapists. People spend so much time trying to like debunk other clinicians or arguing with them. Nobody cares because your patients don't even know what you do. You tell people you're a physical therapist and they think that you're a glorified dog walker and you like yellow therabands. So instead of being like, oh, Kelly Surrett's model is bad. Who are you talking to? Make a seminar for your people. Let them know what you do. Let them know what you think is better and why it can help them. Make yourself relevant to your audience. Forget about arguing with your colleagues. Nobody cares about that. No time. And people want information inherently. They want to know. And whoever provides the most is who will be successful in the market, right? I mean, that's what he did. He, I remember I took, early on, I took a course from him. Mm -hmm. Hey, my goal this year is 365 days of videos. And he did it. Yeah. And you got to start reaching. But I'm sure you're the same way because you're posting on Instagram all the time. Like, you just provide so much information that people connect because there's no other voices in there going after that's that it. in their area. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously you're the best too, Shantel. I mean, I was going to say that, but I'm glad that you said it. So yeah. That so, I mean, of all the people I am on a podcast right now with that post daily on Instagram, I want you to know you're exactly. number one right now for today. I love yeah. it. I'll take it. I remember writing that down. Females on the West coast. So <laughs> I have to put a couple of qualifiers on there. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, but you know, provide that information however you can, because I think that'll help. And I don't want to sound too preachy to this, this interview, but I just, you know, um, the, the clinic gym model really comes out of what the public wants, you yeah. know, and, and it's some leadership too, because you know that the best, as a clinician, you know, the best long-term um, kind of care is them doing a really smart training program. I think we can all agree on that. And, uh, and so we have to guide them into that. And then we have to fill in all those blanks. Like, do the trainers know how to do that? Do the trainers know if they're dealing with a red flag? Do, are we spending our time on clinical stuff? Are we working to get ourselves better and finding the true cause, whether that's functional medicine, functional movement, maybe they're, you know, um, I'm sure the, the rock tape folks, they're tape deficient. You know, we got (laughs) to throw some tape on there. I'm just kidding. Poking at you, but, um, you know, whatever it is and get better at all those levels. And pretty soon, man, people will flock to see you. That's it. I mean, I think that you, what you, two points of what you said, giving the the public, giving the people what they, they want. So from one perspective, when you have that integrated model, now they don't have to go somewhere else to kind of, to come back to you. 
right? Mm-hmm. If, whether from the trainer perspective or from the clinician perspective, it's all it's all in house, and that's an, an awesome model. But it's also what the general demographic needs, and they may not know that yet. And again, you know, tying to what you said, we don't want to sound too preachy. I oftentimes don't care about sounding too preachy because I'm passionate about this, and I want people to feel better, move better, live better, longer, healthier, happier lives. And oftentimes, it's what they need, but maybe they don't know that yet. And so you can give them what they need, package them what they want, and then suddenly they're feeling better, they're moving better. And look what you've done. Look what you've created. You've curated this life, one that you're also happy within because you're not slaving away, you're not spending time on things you don't really like doing, and also you're surrounded by people that are just living better lives. I love it. I love everything about that. Yeah. it's. Uh, thank you very much for wrapping it up like that. Hey, quick, uh, tough question for you now. This is not going to be an easy one. How long have you been, how long has it been since you graduated PT school? Eight years. I graduated in 2010. All right. So crazy eight year journey, right? From working yes. in a mill yes. to moving across the country to doing all this stuff, teaching. What do you think another eight years will hold in your profession? So it's 2018, 2026. What do you think it'll be like? For the profession itself, I would like to say exactly what you're talking about is way more bridging of this gap. Uh, across the board and not just from the orthopedic realm. Movement is for everyone. And so whether you're a pediatrics, I think you see it already more with them or neuro, whatever, is this bridging the gap and understanding this continuity, this continuum of care uh, and, and this interdisciplinary model where it's preventative. And then if they have an issue, the surgery, whatever, we can handle that. And then afterwards, when they're looking to get them back to whatever it is or get them to some high level sport, we can address this across that entire continuum. That's the goal. Fingers crossed. All right. That's the goal. Cause I, I want to ride that way with them, you know, uh-huh. and find the best models that work and find the ways that uh, cause we're also in a part right now. I just don't think clinicians are getting honored. Like at the, Mm-hmm. financially, time-wise. I mean, you worked at a mill, like you're not yeah. getting paid a lot. You're, you're working tons of hours and nobody's happy there. And Absolutely. So in, in that situation. Yeah. Even, even somebody like you, that's a freaking bright light bulb in the world gets run down and it's like, you're, you're dim providing care. Yeah. Not because you're not interested in it. It's just like, dude. And so we got to find a model that works to get people excited because if our life expectancy is going to be in the nineties and I think the current generation, their life expectancy just hit 91 or something I heard. Um, then we got to be able to provide some damn good care for a long time. Absolutely. And that's going to take Absolutely. some energy. I mean, just to, I don't want to cut you off there, but if we're looking to be treating and be happier in that model, and that's why I love that you're doing this. You have to create it. If you're going to stay, the perfect job, the perfect job doesn't exist. The perfect job for you doesn't exist. It's not out there. You have to create it. And so if you're going to try and stay within these confines of things that make you unhappy, you're going to continue to be unhappy. So you got to be a little bit willing to push forward, push forward, push forward. And you can create that model and be honored more. I think that's great. Exactly what you said. You know, if you stay within that model, and part of me is saying within that insurance model, I'm not saying everyone should just ditch insurance, but I ditched it. I, I, it was not for me. You stay within that model. Yeah, suddenly you realize that your time isn't as valued and the patient isn't as valued by the insurance model. You can't deliver the quality of care that you want. The patient's not going to receive the quality of care that they deserve. So you can create this new model and everyone, honestly, at the end ends up being happier. You charge more, you make more. The patient values their sessions more. They don't. They actually spend less. They'll see you less, but you'll have other people coming in word of mouth because you're doing good things. There will always be a market for quality service. Always. Well, 
Everybody just got uh, 30 seconds of sage advice from a wise warrior who's, uh, who's <laughs> living the dream and created her own dream of what she wanted to do and is doing it. So congratulations to you, Shante. That was, uh, I'm eight sure that that in. little, yeah, that was eight years, of, eight years. of life experience yeah. uh, wrapped up into. You don't just jump, but if you really want to make a change and, and move awesome. forward, you can do it. Yeah. And the abilities there, you know, the, 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 the parts and pieces are there and there's people out there that want to be part of your dream. Yes. If you just can That's tell it. about it, uh, clear enough. That's so it. awesome. Well, uh, Shantae, if people want to connect with you, how can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at the movement maestro maestro is M A E S T R O. I know it's hard to say and spell, but you can find me at the movement maestro on Instagram, the movement maestro on social media, um, excuse me on Facebook. Um, you can find me on email if you want, uh, the movement maestro so at gmail.com. I know, right. I'm like, what? email me, what? Uh, the movement maestro at gmail.com. Um, or you check out my they, podcast, my show. Can they the hit mic. you up to host their own uh, rock tape course if they're interested? They can hit me up at themovementmaestro@gmail.com, um, and we can get that set up. Probably won't be till 2019 because the rest of this year is booked up. But sure. All right, and and I know the secret way to get to your heart. But uh, where's the next pint night? The next pint night, I, I love doing them. Next pint night is going to be um, in, where am I going next? Seattle. So next weekend we're having one in Seattle. And then the following one will be the first weekend of June. And that will be in Atlanta. So if you want to be around cool people talking about the, the future of healthcare over some delicious uh, brewskis, connect with Shantae, the, the movement maestro, not just a movement maestro, but the movement maestro. <laughs> and, uh, and you can learn all about that and all the exciting things she's doing. Shantae, this has been awesome. I want to say thank you on behalf of all the people listening. Um, thank you, Josh. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is a dope way to spend my morning. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, on behalf of Shantae Cofield, the Movement My Show, this is Dr. Josh Satterley saying go out there, maximize your license, and live the life you dream of. Thank you, Shantae. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're ready to double your profit without working longer hours, please visit clinicgymhybrid.com and find out how easy it is to get started on your path to freedom. That's clinicgymhybrid.com.